You're listening to Kapow, the pop culture podcast. Comics, television, movies, and more. If it impacts fan culture, we have something to say about it. And now, your hosts, Michael, Jordan, Cliff, and Seth. Hi, this is the illustrious Michael K. Easton. I'm Jordan Lowe. Cliff Barnes. And I'm the artist formerly known as Seth. And now I'm I'm just going by this unpronounceable symbol now. But I'd like the Michael's pronunciations. Pronounce this symbol. It's my new name. Two scoops. <laughs> I like it. Yes. It was supposed to be obviously an ice cream cone. So whatever you want to call it. That looks like a Whips two scooper. Yeah. Prince died. Prince so, died. The purple elephant in the room. I'm going to make the worst joke possible oh, good. right now. Good. So I apologize, world. I bet China's really sad that she picked that day to die. Oh, because Nothing. she got second. Yeah, it's like two seconds. Everyone's like, and they're okay. like, oh, it's Prince. I just imagined him riding her shoulders up to heaven. <laughs> <laughs> Tiny little Prince and giant. Oh, they could totally. Wrestler. They could totally do the Colossus Speedball Special with Wolverine. I like it. Those are some great jokes. That, is that what it sounds like when doves cry? <laughs> what did you see? Harriet Tubman's going to be on the $20 bill. I saw that. I, last I saw, they were splitting bill. Yeah, after they said it, then splitting they Splitting the bill. Jackson's going to be on the back or something. I'm totally outraged, and I'm not sure why. Yeah. I am. I, I made up all new currency. I started with, okay, so on the one should be Martin Luther King. Five, Lincoln can keep it because he's not going to be on the penny anymore. It's It's a waste. <laughs> Uh, Edison on the 10, Harriet Tubman, we'll get, leave her on the 20. Then we got Kurt Russell on the 50, <laughs> Captain America on the 100. We go ahead and have Prince on the 1000 and David Bowie on the back. It'll be, it's timely. I like it. And $2 bill, Snake Eyes. There's a real American <laughs> hero. <laughs> Superman can't be on anything, Michael, because he wasn't born in America. <laughs> <laughs> well, that just—it depends on which continuity you're talking about. Yeah, and Batman does get to be on just giant pennies. If anybody <laughs> really pennies. wants to carry pennies, and that's it. <laughs> anybody have any ideas for change? Somebody should be on some more currency. Who do, who do I leave out? I got all the important Americans. I thought. I feel like what if about, you have like a check return or something, they should like give you a picture of fifty cent. <laughs> Martin Luther King should be on something. I said the one. Oh, did you? Guess Michael, Michael's on top. Of, he's on top of things tonight. <laughs> I, I'm getting naked because my shirt's on backwards. <laughs> All right, we're, we're gonna start. Oh my god! <laughs> Our first top of this podcast. We're playing shirts and skins. <laughs> I'm a hairy monster. Uh, quick, go to comics. How can you read this? There's no pictures. Well, some people use their imagination. Well, I was hurried back to my comic book store where I dispensed the insults rather than absorb them. It happens all the time. Read a comic book, okay? <laughs> We're starting with comics this week. Big headline, Walking Dead, The Alien. Well, that was actually pretty good. I just yeah, read it. Everybody read it good. Everybody did we their actually homework. did, did what you asked. Yay, did your homework. Walking Dead, The Alien. For the first time, Robert Kirkman has allowed another writer to work on the series, and it's one of my faves. Brian K. Vaughn. Although Jordan has a very good suggestion about the story. Well, we'll, I I can't wait to hear it. 
Let's let's let them know what's going on here. They, okay, I do. And two <laughs> he can't. Well, he doesn't even know. You think of a very good suggestion. We just had this. conversation. We've got five earlier. seconds. Go. I don't remember conversations. I don't record. <laughs> yeah, that's all. I just play back things I've said on air. In in two thousand four, there's kind of some backstory to it. You know, when Walking Dead had just started, uh, they the two of them met, and um, BKV was like. A fan of Kirkman's and vice versa. He, he had Why the Last Man Out was being, finally having success and Kirkman was just starting out and had been buying The Walking Dead and he told him, you know, I think get a lot, a future ahead of you. He's like, I secretly didn't think it was going to be with this black and white zombie comic, but boy was I wrong. But he said, you know, so they, you know, of course were friends and then he started, uh, the panel syndicate in 2013 with Marcos Martin and they wanted to just be a digital only publisher for their series Private Eye, which they just charge whatever you want to pay, you know, which is, Kind of nice. If you can't afford it, they don't, at least you're looking at their stuff. You know, it, it's all digital anyway. But then the irony of the story was supposed to be that the story, Private Eye, is set in a future with no internet and he would only sell it on the internet. <laughs> and Kirkman told him that was stupid. <laughs> he said, he, and he tweeted at him and said, how about when are you going to let us print Private Eye at Image in hardcover? And he said, when you let us write a Walking Dead story. So, done deal. And they, uh, Martine started working on it and they submitted it to Kirkman and asked him what he thought and he said, run with it. So this just came out this past week and it was pretty good. It, you know, kind of give yeah, you some. We, we won't give away who, who the star of the, the strip is because I read the article before I read the thing. Oh, really? And it yeah. gave away who the character was. That's it has some, takes some of the punch out of it. It has some you, tangential relation to the characters we know, but it's not a, a vital. You know, twist ending or anything like See, that. See, I don't read anything without pictures, so that was fine. <laughs> <laughs> but it's at pandelsyndicate.com. If you go there, you can read, you can read it for free. It's, they, they're getting a lot of free advertising, but it'd be nice to throw them a couple bucks for their work. I'll tell you, I did have a crisis when it said, like, how much do you want to pay? I was like, <laughs> I really want to pay nothing, but Does since you're asking, down? I felt very guilty of like, I should pay something. More. I'm a brick and mortar store. You should be paying me. But, I didn't pay anything. But, <laughs> sorry, Brian. But Kirkman uh, is letting them keep 100% of, of the contributions because they got print rights to private eye. So hmm. I guess that was the deal. But yeah, there's some, you know, it answers some questions about the Walking Dead world, you know, the... The one thing I will let out that it says, um, people have always wanted, Kirkman has always joked that in Australia or other countries, they're all fine. <laughs> so it kind of answers that question and some other surprises, but you should go read it. Walking to the Alien. Do you like Martin's art, Mike? Who's that? The guy who drew that? I'm just kidding. No, <laughs> no actually, I did, I did like it. Uh, I really like the, um, how he drew the female character, um, with the, the black and white line work. It's like, it was simple, yet certain things were detailed very, uh, the line work was very nice on it. Um, sometimes yeah, he's done some like some Spider-Man, some Daredevil, and it's I really love it. It's not quite like Mike Allred simple, but it's simple. It has that very clean look to it. It's, yeah. I really like fine it lines and just like mm. it looks very delicate looking. And it's it's one of those styles that if you first look at it, you don't get that much out of it because you lump it in. But if you actually pay attention to the art, it does have way more depth than you would initially think. We saw the uh, Wizard World is scaling back. <laughs> 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 
scaling back their number of conventions after filing a $4.25 million loss in 2015. I'm bitter. <laughs> I swear this isn't the first year they've recorded a loss. I, I know in the past couple of years they've there's been similar articles like this. I don't remember a number that big, but they've been operating at a loss for a little while now, I believe. It's amazing you can operate at a loss when artists and actors and stuff charge like an arm and a leg for an autograph picture. Not that I don't want to take sides because a lot of people love that show. A lot, you know, as a attendees. Sides. And I totally I, take sides. I know some artists that swear by it that they make a lot of money there and have really good shows there. Yeah, but Vic, Victor uh, Dambridge, Dan, I think. Dandridge. Yeah, he's like, it was a world exclusive and I'm ta- completely just talking all over you. I'm sorry, let me back up. Go ahead, Jordan. I was just correcting him. <laughs> no, he said his name, sorry. Why do we hate him? I just want to be real clear. Wizard World? <laughs> it's it's just blo- blo- overbloated. They bought a bunch of cons. They shut down cons that were actually pretty decent, jacked up prices, and this is just completely from an indie side. Like of, jacked up the prices to get in, what they're charging people to have tables, both. I assume is what you're yeah, yeah, I'm just not, saying. Not just to uh, get be in. Be clear what it is yeah, they're the doing. The last time I went, I believe it was $200 for an Artist Alley table, and that was years ago before they even started bringing in Chris Hemsworth and those kind of Norman Reedus and those kind of names. So I'm sure it's gone up since then. Last time I checked, it was three fifty. Uh, yeah, I just I and, don't. There's no reason for me to go, so I haven't been there in a while. And it was also depending on which one you were going to. Like they actually changed the prices based mm-hmm. on the location, which I think is totally unfair. But I'm a crabby but, person. But yeah, like I said, this is coming from the point of view of struggling indie artists so if you love the show i mean great it's it's usually a fun time but we're not trying to been to one yeah we're not trying to fun. revel in other marius was there I was like hey there's that guy yeah <laughs> was, i was like we saw val kilmer and dean came yeah he was there too I and mean, we might have been at the same show probably. could have been that's why he didn't say hi to me <laughs> <laughs> i was like trying to blend in with a billion other people it's all a actual trailer for Civil War Two, the comics coming out. Really, it was like a you know panels from the comics and like a voiceover trying to build some excitement, get you. I'm sorry, talk. Seth, but we need to interrupt you. We have some breaking news coming downtown from our secret location. We're going right now to Sexy James Olsen. He can't do it, folks. He's trying. Go, go for it. Just commit to it, Mike. Commit. <laughs> Hi, I'm Sexy James Olsen, and I'm down here uh, at the Daily Planet, and I'm seeing that the new uh, Superman 52 is dead. Uh, speculation is... <laughs> I'm screwing that all up. He's slightly less racist. <laughs> Dial down the racism by like two clicks. <laughs> Don't stop now. Keep going. <laughs> oh. I feel like he just thought of this two minutes ago. <laughs> Hi, I'm Sexy James Olsen, and we're bringing you breaking live coverage down here by the Daily Planet. And we have word that the new Superman 52 uh, might be dying, or he is dead. We do not know. But we just want to bring this live coverage back to you, uh, Fauxhawk Jimmy Olsen. <laughs> Why do I never let Jimmy in front of the camera? <laughs> <laughs> So sexy James Olsen was talking to Fauxhawk. Fauxhawk. Jimmy Olsen. I didn't quite paint the picture until you yeah. said that, but okay. I'm going to completely leave that. I'm completely like that. I don't know. It should be in there somewhere. 
that one goes at the end. So of you're the saying show. the rumor is <laughs> the rumor is the new 52 <laughs> Superman that they've depowered and you know, shaved his head, wearing a t-shirt <clears throat> and jeans. They're gonna kill him off. That is that seems to be where it's pointing to in the rebirth titles is. You're It'll seeing be pre-crisis Superman coming back as the Superman. Yeah, because no one liked the '52 Superman, and I've never been so happy to hear Superman die. <laughs> well, let's just go to TV then and sure talk some Supergirl. You have failed this city. Run, Barry, run! Marvel and DC on TV. I am Supergirl. What's your name, darling? Agent. Big season finale happened this past week. Oh, was that the? I didn't even realize that was the season. That finale. was it. I heard that was really good. I haven't. You haven't it, seen it? Well, it was funny because oh. you guys were asking me about the week prior, and I I couldn't remember why I couldn't remember it, and then it dawned on me that next level. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've been working so many hours the last two weeks that I'm like exhausted, and I fell asleep towards the end of it, so I didn't. I missed the whole last ten minutes of where. Um, I'm gonna get oh, you did you did you missed the last ten minutes of the week before the, week, oh, the okay. prior week. I haven't even watched this one yet. I have it on my okay. rotation. No, I watched to it today. Okay, I'm gonna give you a non-spoiler spoiler. Then at the end, uh, she she pops uh, sexy James's cork just by holding it in her hand. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> Was it back yeah, up? That's, <laughs> that happened. <laughs> oh, sexy James Olsen. <laughs> Uh, it was a pretty good episode. I mean, I didn't realize it was a f- season finale, but I thought it was pretty good. I mean, all the heartfelt speeches, and yeah, the tears we all about you hope and. Tell it was the, the big <laughs> oh my setup. gosh, yeah, they were laying it on pretty thick. The whole news thing. Yeah. Well, can't, we can't talk about poor sexy Mike Easton <laughs> right here. <clears throat> we got a big dose of the Martian Manhunter this week. It was a pretty strong finale, though. I, I enjoyed yeah. it. Big little cliffhanger. Uh, yeah. Yeah, the way you do a cliffhanger. Oh, that's what I wanted. I wanted Michael's opinion on. Yeah, the end that's of what, what yeah. I had the question the end, here. So. I can't ask it now. Damn it! Because well, I didn't have. I don't have a clue. I couldn't. Yeah, I couldn't I mean, guess. I I'm not even going to think about it. I was just going to ask. I was trying to get to. I'm sorry, guys. Let that's you know. all right. We'll ask some other time. This is our little cliffhanger, also. And then let's see. Little little news to back up my theory of who I say is going to die on The Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. I said, yeah. Um, <laughs> this is kind of a spoiler. What I think, uh, Walking Dead star Stephen Young joins Bong Joon Ho's sci-fi show that he he had a Snowpiercer, and it's gonna be it's got Jake Gyllenhaal, Tilda Swinton, Paul Dano. Starts filming three weeks. Um, well, I've heard that too. Normally, well, no, it starts. Sorry, it starts filming today, I think, and Walking Dead starts filming in three weeks, and some of that filming for this movie is in South Korea. So obviously, very close to Georgia. Right. It'll be real handy. It's a long time to hide under a dumpster. Exactly. <laughs> now, I've heard like Norman Reedus had a show filming. I heard that weeks ago. But that's nothing. That, that's like, oh, like could, his biker show. But, that, yeah, but everyone's right. looking at those kind of schedules to see, trying to guess yeah. who it was. Yeah, I thought, I saw that headline too. They were also, they threw that out there talking about the biker show, what time, when it starts, but be real. He's got that show on AMC because that was part of his new contract. Right. Right. He's like, oh, they're like, you're going to be on the show and here we want to keep you on the show. So we're going to give you another show that is Whatever a waste of time. Yeah, exactly. He's not going to be off of there and just do ride bikes around. 
And I saw that thing you guys put about uh, Sci-Fi Network going to get a show called Krypton. Yes, that was supposedly in development for a really long time, and I was surprised to see it back in speculation. But it's supposed to be the world of Krypton when Jor-El was trying to uh, make his name better or something, something to do with an ancestor that screwed up the House of L. And thankfully, I saw what the Superman 52 did. So yay, nay. Uh, I'll wait and see. Yeah. It's got Go- it's got Goyer attached to it, so yeah. But a show, yeah, so did Batman versus Superman. Exactly. Yeah. That's why I no. said I'll wait and see. Uh, yeah. <laughs> a show based on boring, cold Kryptonians. Yeah. Well, it depends on which Kryptonian. Again, which I just wait. I was thought, I was like, somebody say something negative so he can defend. <laughs> <laughs> The House of L, baby. It's in my middle name. Well, Gotham has had mixed reactions trying to do a show without Batman. So, I don't know, doing a Superman show without Superman, I guess they think they can pull it off. You mean a show about villains that were created about Batman, but Batman's not in it? I believe that's, we're talking about the same thing. I thought Mr. Freeze looked stupid. (laughs) (laughs) Boy, I'm just... I want almost everything you say I want as a ringtone. (laughs) (laughs) How so, much sleep have you had, Mike? <laughs> two, maybe two and a half hours today. So we're getting unfiltered. <laughs> You're getting Mike beyond unfiltered. Just so you know, yeah, his shirt is back on. <laughs> it is, and it's right side up. <laughs> right side up. <laughs> you should have seen it before. <laughs> I don't know how he had that thing around his way. <laughs> I'm dying. It's so, funny because I got a red shirt on and a blue. Yeah. Make it stop. <laughs> <laughs> make it rain. Um, are we talk oh, I can't wait to make it rain with my, my I'm going to roll in the club with a pocket full of tubs. <laughs> <laughs> pocket full of tubs. Anyway, Fear the Walking Dead started. Tell us about it, Jordan. Yay. <laughs> I actually like, that's what's really funny is I'm not watching The Walking Dead, but I'm watching Fear of the Walking Dead. Yeah, it started season two right when Walking Dead ended. The very next week, launched right into Fear the Walking Dead. And I, the first season wasn't bad. I thought it was really slow starting, but I thought it ended pretty strongly. But these first couple episodes, I haven't liked very much. I've only seen the first one. I watched them. I wasn't too thrilled either. Actually, my brother asked me what, because uh, he, he missed the first episode. And he was, he was like, well, was it any good? And without make, trying to make a joke, apparently I described it perfectly because they're, they're all on a yacht. Mm. The rich guy who took them to their house at the end of the last season, they're all on a boat. And I said, I don't know, it's just a bunch of people on a boat and they all have feelings. <laughs> and he's like, I was like, yeah, that's actually perfect. The, the whole episode was just, you know, there's the whiny teen who's sad because, oh, my mom got turned into a zombie. Why did you shoot her? It's like, yeah, have that been, is have you been so in the world? Old. Like, and everyone's, oh, I'm sad about this, or I'm mad about this. It's like, okay, we get you all have feelings. Just move on. <laughs> right. You think they'd have some more rough edges by now. I was surprised. I hate teenagers, moody, surly teenagers in these On TV or in and real life. Yeah, let's it's like the straight. kids what, in, the, in Walking Dead. What, I forget the names. Randy or whatever. Uh, Rick's new lady, that her teenage oh, yeah, yeah. kid. Yeah, I can't think of his name. It's like, you know what? The world ended. You're not yeah. allowed to pout and be like, oh, I'm so disaffected like grow up right yeah they've got too there's many bigger problems around here you it's can't... a way to fill an hour show yeah. that's the that's the thing i don't you're eating up some of my time here <laughs> and you know we haven't talked about this before but i probably mentioned how i loved breaking bad it was my favorite show and better call saul just ended its second season strong uh, i mean it's a do 
How many of us watch it? Me. Me and Jordan do either. You guys neither. Nope. Did you it's, ever? I know Cliff hasn't seen Breaking Bad. Did you watch Breaking they're Bad? They're both in my Netflix queue. Okay. I've yet to touch any well, of them. The second st- season of Better Call Saul is definitely better than the first season. I thought it really built. They built, laid the groundwork and built up to some really good tension. In that. I wasn't sure how it was going to last. I don't think the creators were either because right. they've like. They said they wanted to kind of, after a, such a heavy show like Breaking Bad, they wanted to you know, have an easier, more fun show. And this has just as many layers, just as much darkness. Like, it's just as complicated, so many characters. I, I've, I've really loved it. This and Fargo were last, last year my favorite things on TV. Mm-hmm. The, the neat thing about Better Call Saul is where, you know, you're getting all these, they're trying to tie up some things. You see characters come in that were on Breaking Bad. So kind of it's, it's a prequel showing you things. But it's not really gratuitous. Them. It's not like, Right. service. They yeah, they, they're, it's, there's more of it than I thought there was going to be after watching the first season, but also they, it, it, it's well done. It's not just, like you said, to just for show. You know, the only thing is that, that might pull some of the punch out of the show is knowing the future of some of these characters and whether they live or die and, you know, what's going to happen to them on this show is kind of well, the expected. finale of this second season. I had two moments where I, literally gasped out loud and i don't normally re i don't i don't have emotions i don't react to things (laughs) when you ride around on a yacht you just yeah i'm just yeah i don't have feelings but uh there because it's a cold (laughs) but the best scene in uh season one was bob odenkirk and michael mckeon having this face-off and these two really comedic actors had this amazing scene back and forth and it's been simmering for a whole season. So something happens with Michael McKeon. And I realized what it was about 30 seconds before they revealed it. And mm-hmm. I just, I, I audibly was like, oh, yeah. Chuck, oh, what are you doing? And yeah. freaked out. And then something with the character Mike Ehrmantraut, the, mm-hmm. the fixer from Breaking Bad. He's been kind of the co-star of this season. Yeah. Something happens with him where I was like, no way. That, why would that happen? <gasps> That's why I right. realized. So it, like. Yeah, TV very rarely gives me a guttural reaction, but this show really did. I'm glad to hear somebody else liking it. It's definitely... And and Vince Gilligan said the episodes, uh, the names of the episodes of this season... Yeah, it's whether you want... Spelled out a spoiler. Yeah, it definitely did. And they they did not expect people to figure that out, (laughs) which I'm surprised. We've got millions of of people on the job here. (laughs) People are going to figure that out. So, yeah, we're definitely... And Ray Seahorn on that show, the the female lead. I, I don't mm. know anything she's been in before, but she deserves an Emmy. She's yeah. she, this was her season. She You'll see her again, just like yeah. uh, Giancarlo Esposito in Breaking Bad. You never saw him before that, and now he's been in mm. several things. I think same thing will happen for yeah, her. Yeah, this is her breakout role for sure. Movies. Well, oh, here we go. I was just gonna say I did see Jessica Jones won some kind of award. A Peabody. Yeah. Ah. What is a Peabody? <laughs> It's an award. It's an award. <laughs> it's uh, some kind of award. A Peabody. Uh, What's that? <laughs> it's an award. I've read it. Um, a Peabody. Uh, you look smart. <laughs> it's where she's allowed to go back in time with the dog Sherman. Yes. yes. Is Sherman yes. the dog or the kid? Uh, uh, Sherman's the kid. Yes. Right? Mr. Peabody's the dog. A, ironically, they never gave him an award. <laughs> Boy, this went off the rails quickly. Moving on. It, it, what do you say about movies? Okay, let's see. The Peabody Award program named for American businessman philanthropist George Peabody recognizes distinguished and meritorious public service by American radio and television. Boom. Internet. Okay. <laughs> Internet. Google. 
So, uh, movies! I just read their casting, the new Flash movie already. Whoa. Five parts for it. Iris. Um, Eobard Thawne, who apparently is again in a wheelchair. I wonder where they got that idea. And some character named Lynn Snart. <laughs> you always have a great name that you introduce into the show every time. I've, I've been so infatuated with Ike Perlmutter for the last <laughs> few weeks. I'm, we need a, we need a drop for, I, I actively search for Perlmutter news just so I can bring him up. Uh, and when you do make the drop, I want it to the tune of Goldfinger. Oh, I like it. Perlmutter. <laughs> I was just thinking of like a heavy five finger death punch, like Perlmutter. He was just in the news again for something. Yeah. I read it That's too. That's what I was going to bring up. I'll, I'll issue this challenge for next week. <laughs> Try and find a picture of Ike Perlmutter. I saw one. Oh, he just dropped like mad cash on a nanotechnology kind of thing. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, yeah it was like stem cell and things like that. But yeah, I, I saw one picture yeah, of him. Yeah, that's like all you'll find. Yeah. So, but yeah, they're, they're casting the Flash now with Ezra Miller and I'm like, mm. I like, okay. He's been in a couple of things I like. I, I may not have seen anything there was a just needs to get a freaking haircut <laughs> he probably will i i've seen i saw him in um all oh, some teen emo movie a few years oh, yeah, ago. i think it was perks of being a was that it yeah perks of being a wallflower maybe yes yes that he was in train wreck amy schumer yeah, yeah. and he was in we need to talk about kevin which was was he the 17 year old in the train wreck yeah. yeah, yeah, he was the yeah underage. Yes. Okay. So I got my Civil War tickets. They're in my pocket right now. I'll watch it. Let's hold them down still. <laughs> Start a little Civil War. I heard it's going to be. This is the best rave I've heard. Best Civil War war since the original. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> and it, but you know, I continue to hear good press about it from people that. Not just, you know, Did some you of the lower people that Disney I, I employees. Like. Yeah, no, <laughs> no, that's what I'm saying. But they're like the hype is real. It's awesome. You guys all see the uh, little skit on the net with Robert Downey Jr. and Chris Evans in the. I didn't listen. No, to but it. please act it out for us. <laughs> yes. Oh, it was really funny. It was uh, Robert Downey Jr. had a donut, and Chris Evans comes up. Bro, <laughs> <laughs> Robert Downey Jr. had a donut. <laughs> What? <laughs> Elizabeth Olsen behind them, and <laughs> Robert Downey Jr. is like staring at this donut, and Chris Evans comes up, and he's just like, "Is that the last red, blue, and sprinkled donut?" <laughs> Go on. <laughs> he's like, he's just staring at him, and he's like, "You know what I told you would happen if you ate the last." Red, white, and sprinkled donut, and and he said you would tell me <laughs> that hell would rain down and fire. It's actually acting. And at that point, uh, Elizabeth Olsen goes, <laughs> and then it ends. I'll have to watch see, it. I don't feel see. like I'm getting it. <laughs> see, you know, we've, we've talked about with this. This uh, we have the new website, and we talk about. Like bonus content or premium content. <laughs> I think a green screened. <laughs> yeah, somebody video animate of, this. Of Michael and Michael acting this out would be perfect premium content. Yes. And then Michael in the background dressed in drag for the screen. Oh, my Lord. 
That would be awesome. <sighs> I think I'm sweating over here. <laughs> Leave the shirt on. <laughs> I hate to say it, but more Avatar news. They were talk, talking oh. to James Cameron. Go ahead. Tell where you got. No, I just thought it was very funny because I was listening to the Nerdist and I can't remember who they were talking to, but they did that whole bit about only China likes Avatar. Oh, really? <laughs> like it oh, was beat the Nerdist to no. some, some news. I, fa- I listen to some movie things too, and it though because of the day we record, we talk about stuff before other people. I don't know. I, you know, we're, we're not the, the big copycats. <laughs> nice, yay! We need to get on the uh, Nerdist cork board. But yeah, they were all riffing on that only China likes. Oh, that's what it was. It was uh, Jed Apatow. They were talking about smaller movies and bigger movies, and they were talking about Avatar and only Chinese people liking it. So, Anyway, shooting all four of these things concurrently. It's like one day they might be doing a scene for movie number four, another the next day might be for movie number one. It's like it just sounds like a mess. Yes. That it, sounds like fun. But he did say, I was curious, I was Saying, I was curious about his, the fact that he was putting them on Christmas and kind of staking mm-hmm. out all these years. And this is James Cameron said, My original plan was to release them a year apart, but we're opening that up if for no other reason than that I don't want to land on the same date as one of the Star Wars prequels. He said, That wouldn't be fair to them. And he laughed. He said, No, that's just good business. I don't want to go head to head with them. and That would be stupid. And hopefully they won't want to go head to head with us. So basically Disney's told him, they might. I, I, my, my thing, my first instinct is Disney's like, okay, we're moving the Hans, Han Solo movie to that Christmas now, just yeah. to, just to, you know, fight him on it. <laughs> I could totally see that happening. Well, it's no secret he's been a major, he's been a major pain in Disney's ass. This whole, um, Animal Kingdom Avatar Land project, the ent- it's been way behind schedule because they can't get him to cooperate or anything with it. And had they at the time owned Star Wars, this Avatar thing would have never happened. It was just, what can we get that's big that we can c- compete with Universal and Harry Potter at the time? Um, Daisy Ridley is in talks to be in another J.J. Abrams produced fantasy thriller entitled Coma, which is a. Uh, ri- based on the 2003 Israeli movie All I've Got, which concerns a woman who's given the chance upon death. To travel back in time to be reunited with the boyfriend she lost in a car accident. Which time travel. I like that. Mm-hmm. I just thought it was, she's, it's her chance to do something else, maybe while she's yeah. got this fame. <laughs> they announced today, you know, Deadpool comes out on, on digital. Well, yeah, it comes out on disc the 10th of May is what they've been announcing, which is still less than three months after it came out in theaters. Right. But now on the 26th of this month, next Tuesday, this, this Tuesday mm-hmm. is, is, the digital out. You could yeah. just watch, they watch Deadpool next week. Yeah. You know, going, we were talking or about tomorrow <laughs> as the case may be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Talking about time travel. And I don't want to go back to TV, but did anybody notice we didn't, we didn't mention, uh, legends of tomorrow, but did anybody, has anybody watched it this week? We should go back in time. 15 minutes. And we should talk about that. legends of tomorrow <laughs> on the podcast. We haven't talked about And then kidnap either. Michael's infant self. <laughs> And hide him in yes. a closet somewhere. We will protect him. Um, but did anybody else notice they call Rip Hunter his quote, quote, real name, Michael? Yeah. What? Yeah. Well, it totally threw me off there. Was, yeah, they revealed his real But his it's, name. shouldn't it be Theodore, as like in the comics? And yeah. 
course, Michael John Carter was Booster Gold. See, that's what happens, Legends of Tomorrow, when you keep screwing with the timeline. You mess up people's real yeah. names. So it seem, uh, they're doing this on purpose? Do you, so are you saying, if Michael is Booster Gold, what does this mean? <laughs> well, it, in, in the comic spoilers, uh, Rip is actually Booster Gold's son. Oh, okay. His real son. And his name is Theodore C- Carter, named mm. after Ted Court. Okay. Okay. I got you. So, anyways, it just... Blue Zap, yeah, yeah, yeah. Zapped in my head there. Sorry. Yeah. So you uh, while we're on, you wanted to, you got your arm raised. I'm, I'm going to call <laughs> on you, Michael. I want to talk about Flash and how <laughs> it took a really dark turn this week. Um, I, evidently, they're not listening to our podcast because we've been talking about how great it is, is and bright, and man, it really went off the rails into a dark corner. Um, now he has to take the bus to get anywhere. Well, actually, I'm a little disappointed about that because for him being the fastest man alive, that was the dumbest thing in the world to do. <laughs> Evident. Spoiler alert: Zoom says he, he he's got he's gotten faster. Here's the here's the weird part about it all is he uses a tachyon accelerator that makes him faster. He disappears for a second, comes back. Does not mention Supergirl at all. I think that was a sly way to. Show where that fell in the continuity yeah. without going into anything. If you didn't see it as a CW watcher, uh, the one the bright side of it was that we did get to see Vibe become more Vibe um, with his powers and what he can do and all that fun stuff. But we find out the reason why uh, Jay Garrick is Hunter Zolomon, this crazy nut from Earth Two, which makes me want to go. Well, who is Jay Garrick? The is, man is in the this, Iron Mask. Which I'm, I was talking to Christy about this other night. I said, I think we have this all wrong. I think Earth 2 is the Grant Morrison Earth 2 where all the the heroes were villains because all the duplicates from our Earth are turning out to be villains. So I'm thinking that they're following suit with that and saying, mm-hmm. hey, this is the crime syndicate Earth. It could be. Um, but anyway, it was just it was really dark and moody and... I had someone tell me they think the guy in the mask is actually Earth 2 Wally. Mm. And maybe Zoom is siphoning off his speed to live. Mm-hmm. That's so a good that theory. Was, that was yeah. a theory I hadn't thought of before. So I was hoping it was the actual Jay Garrick. <laughs> <laughs> but that was like a weird time loopy thing. Speaking of time travel, he goes back and, and gets his younger self and says, Hey, I'm going to kill you. You okay with that? <laughs> and he talks him into it. <laughs> All right. I'm done whining. <laughs> okay. Okay. So... If you didn't see in a million places today, everybody saw Robert Downey Jr. is going to definitely be in the next Spider-Man movie. That's hmm. Iron Man, of course. I thought you were going to say Sherlock 3. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's going to be in that, too. And um, Michael Keaton's out. Yeah, that's a bunch of crap. But he's going to be the CEO of McDonald's. What? Yeah, well, there's... Yeah, there's no, he's got, got a new... somewhere other than <laughs> That I is either. not the plot. <laughs> No, is there a new movie? He has a new movie based on the beginning of mm. McDonald's called Ray The Founder. Crock or whatever. Huh? Yeah, Ray Crocker. Is that his name? Or? It's pronounced Ronald. <laughs> Ronald. <laughs> <laughs> or Mr. McDonald. <laughs> anyway, Willem Dafoe is going to be in the Justice League as a good guy. Who is he going to be? Lay it out there. Uh I I I just look at this stuff and I think Michael's gonna know the answer to this. Well, well the phone's gonna be 
He's such an oddball. Like, who would he play in the DC universe? And in every movie, every hero has to be a studly dude in his right. early 30s. Like, I can't imagine a middle-aged. Like, if he was a hero, I'm thinking, like... I mean, do you think it's going to be, like, a detective or something? It's got to be some, some... He's got to be a normal guy. Yeah. Some oddball. <laughs> he is really thinking, folks. We're going to move on here. Um, One of the new gods, maybe? Like, hmm. I can see that. Mobius? Yeah. Or, uh, is that... Did I just pronounce that right? Sure. Damn. <clears throat> and we're getting into rumors. Wolverine 3, maybe have X-23. That would make it. total sense. Yeah. That's just me. Which uh, explain what X-23 is to everybody. Well, the, it... 23rd Tribe, right? Yeah, she's a clone of Wolverine. And she actually started in the cartoon. She's another Harley Quinn where they get started in the cartoon and become part of the regular universe. And rumor Maisie Williams plays Arya Stark on Game of Thrones. That's not a rumor. She actually does. <laughs> no, <laughs> that's true. Uh, correction. She does play her. There is a rumor beyond that, Jordan. <laughs> okay, she may, I just, I'm trying to stay on the ball. Okay. Stuff. <laughs> she, she may, someone, someone put out there that she may be being cast to play Wolvesbane in New, Mut- New Mutants. So... I don't know anything about them. New Mutants, I would love to see. Is that a movie? Com- are they doing that as a movie? This is the this it's this is at rumor stage. Oh, okay. Yes, is and this she supposedly and when, after they wrap up the X Men franchise, right? They don't want to talk about it now because mm-hmm. they this movie isn't out yet. This is a way to make more X Men movies. They want to see Fox how many legs. As soon as as soon as the, the right. apocalypse is done, then there will probably be some sort of announcement about that. And you know, she when she was approached about it, she's like. She played dumb, but said, "Sign me up. I like I like that stuff, of course." And Blade Runner two moved its release date from January eighteenth, January of eighteen to October seventeen. That's one of those movies I feel like is never going to come out. It's, is Harrison Ford going to be in this? Um, I don't remember whether he As was going to be in it. No, it's supposed to have um, what's his name, the guy from Drive. Um. Uh, yeah, that dude. Gosling? Yes. Yeah. Ryan Gosling is wow. supposed to be the main guy. I can't remember now whether okay. Harrison Ford's supposed to be in it or not. I don't think so. But if he is, I mean, he plays because, an angry dude. Because I feel like they would ruin the, yeah, ruin the ending of the first one. But you know, that was one of my favorite video games played on the computer was a Blade Runner game. I didn't even know there was one. Yeah. I didn't either. But I didn't watch the movie until recently anyway. So I, that's one of those that I missed along the way. And, watched just in the last year and then everybody noticed the news about the hasbro gi joe <laughs> micronauts visionaries mask and rom raiders yeah. room i think this is totally this has rock. some pretty big they've, they've attached some pretty big names to this yeah, they got Lindsay beer from king killer chronicles um i don't know some of these names cheo coker showrunner of the netflix luke cage show mm-hmm. Um, they're going to have the writing team that penned this Spider-Man Homecoming. Uh, another writer from Black Panther and People vs. O.J. Simpson, which was a really good show. Did so you actually watch it? I watched the whole thing, and it was great. There were so many good performances. But you will see. That's what get, I keep hearing. It was good. Being young and remember that whole event just sounds like the most boringest thing to watch. I totally agree, but 
But I've I've heard it's, like even David Schwimmer I heard like did great. Well, there's mixed reviews on him, but he, oh. <laughs> but there. Uh, I feel like name? this is our dynamic. Could Whatever he be I say, any more he guilty? Says the opposite. <laughs> that's, that's Chandler. It's oh. <laughs> been a while. That's on the odd couple. <laughs> we were on a break. <laughs> there you go. That's it. Uh, yeah, that's uh, OJ and Nicole were on a break. <laughs> I just went down a really his, mon- his monkey hole. is driving the Ford Bronco. That's right. <laughs> anyway, there were some great performances. The guy that played um, Johnny Cochran and is it Sarah? I always get her mixed up. Sarah Pauly or Sarah Paulson, whichever was the one that was on American Horror Story. She plays Marsha Clark and is awesome. And it's really well done. It's taken from all these people wrote books afterwards. So that's the thing you didn't get to see when you watched it live 20 years ago happened in front of our eyes. This is after all the books and everything compared together, this series was made and shows like all the behind the scenes things going on while the trial was happening. So it was, it was really well done and definitely worth watching. Um, also part of the, <laughs> and that writer's now part of the G.I. Joe writer's room <laughs> and, uh, including, um, Jeff Pinkner who wrote the adaptation of Stephen King's Dark Tower. Um, it goes on. The big name that I, I like was Brian K. Vaughn is yeah. going to be involved in Surprising. it. Surprising. And Akiva Goldsmith who won an Oscar for Beautiful Mind. So basically they've really thrown a lot. They're starting like, reasonably soon working on figuring well, things out did you see where the next uh 21 jump street's going to be with the men in black yeah, yeah it's going to be a crossover yeah <laughs> That's we, weird. We can, why not <laughs> we're like a blender these days but actually i i mean i i saw people complain about it but i could see a lot of those properties working very well together if handled properly they're not completely crazy from one another where they wouldn't fit in together. When we, when we run out of things to remake, we just cross everything over. That's right. We just mix it together. Make it brand new, baby. And uh, Yeah, the last thing with movies, I wanted to congratulate the guys who made Marking Out, local some local filmmakers. They just premiered it uh, this month at the People's Bank Theater. Uh, they are they're from Mindful Entertainment. They do the podcast, the figure forecast, and they, they've spent at least a year filming this wrestling documentary where they've traveled around the country going to big shows, little shows, small town, interviewing famous wrestlers, you know, brand new wrestlers, old timers, fans. They said they were like, you know, we're, they sat back and looked at themselves and said, you know, we're grown men. Why do we still love wrestling? Should we stop watching this? <laughs> like, what, what are we doing with our lives? So they set out to answer that question. And all the reviews I've heard are amazing. Even if you're not a wrestling fan, it you know if you're a fan of something a little childish or a little silly, it's it's apparently has a, you know some really hilarious moments and some really insightful moments as well. So, uh, and all those uh, filmmakers are actually going to be at River City Comic Con in Marietta in July, and their DVD of the documentary just went on sale on their website. So mindfooled.com, you can buy the DVD. So I just wanted to congratulate those guys on. A real labor of love, and I I can't wait to watch the movie. Yeah, that sounds awesome. I I was never a huge wrestling fan, but my granddad sure was. Oh my gosh, when I was a kid, I've we, heard we watched it whether we wanted to or not, <laughs> and it was definitely 
Real. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. He was determined it was all real. And so I, I was like, yeah, what he said at a segment we used to have on SoPro podcast. And we're going to talk about games. Challenge your imagination to come alive and to battle with the creatures of Dungeons and Dragons. 52. You shot my battleship. It's Operation, the Wacky Doctor's Game, where you're the Wacky Doctor. Battery's not included. I am My turn. Shall we play a game? Okay, so you get a double dose this week as our first week on doing games on Kapow. And uh, I'm going to talk about a game called Letters from Whitechapel. Before I do, I wanted to say real quick, you know, this is kind of a new thing over the last few years getting into these board games. So any new listeners here that haven't heard my spiel before, I used to play, you know, video games all the time, like uh, Call of Duty, things like that. I liked sitting in the room with people, you know, and play, you know, playing a game. It was a video game at the time, but now technology has gotten so far that you don't sit in the same room anymore. Everybody's at their homes playing over the internet and it, Totally lost all of its pizzazz for me because that was the whole thing to me was well, to sit there and have a good time with my friends. I, I just saw that they're talking about Facebook, how they're looking at the data and that grown men are going back to the arcades, like for that camaraderie. Yeah. And well, vibe these retro or, arcades have started yeah, popping yeah, up yeah, all over the awesome. place. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's great. I, I remember a whole ad campaign. Uh, in these early 2000s about Dungeons and Dragons. And the ad was, it was a picture of a house. It was all dark with one light on and a sad guy at a monitor. And then there was a house next door where it was a bunch of people in the living room having a fun time. Absolutely. All the lights on. So even D&D did it because they were losing yeah. that market. So they had to say, you know, get together and have some fun. Well, and it, and it, they're sparking and having a, you know, a rebirth for them too. And, you know, I'm, I don't play specifically D&D, but I have a group that plays um, another role playing game we meet a couple times a month and it's been going on for two years this huge campaign and it's so fun to just get together and play games but we play a lot of board games too and now when you play with them do you wear your fake mustache uh, <laughs> i have yes <laughs> i took that game to the beach this last year and michael and some of the family played and i put on fake mustaches and things to try that was to quite have fun. yeah it's a good time and Anyway, Letters from Whitechapel. This Does anybody have a guess what that would pertain to? I bet Jordan does. Jack, bloody Jack the Ripper. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, Whitechapel, basically the district in London where the murders and raping took place. And uh, Fun for the whole family. Exactly. Sounds great. <laughs> exactly. It, it's, Can't wait to play with my kids. <laughs> exactly. I, I, I would rate it PG-13 <laughs> simply for theme, although you could easily get away with playing it and they never know what you're, what the what you're talking about but uh it was made by these italian designers gabrielle mari and gianluco santa pietro published by fantasy flight games which is a huge board game publisher um they do real quality and a lot of time it was hard to find this game for a while they just did a revised edition and so it's easy to find about any anywhere um like it's based on jack the ripper but it, it is a hidden movement game one person versus everybody else you uh Basically, the way it works is one person is Jack, and everyone else are the police. And there's a the board for the board game is a map of London, basically, and there's a bunch of numbers on there and squares that you move your pieces around. 
And you mean we don't get to be the ladies of the night. There, well, some people get to move them on, but they. Uh, I want to move them. <laughs> Basically, Jack picks a <laughs> picks a spot on the board that Michael is has hijacked yeah. the entire podcast. <laughs> Jack picks a spot on the board that is his hideout, and he writes it down, keeps it a secret. Just It's basically proof later. You can play through and show where the, they were when you were thinking he was somewhere else. But he, he he always has to make it back after each night. There were four different nights That's that these murders. a very complicated clue, then. He's in the billiard room with a pipe. Yeah, it's, 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 track of- it does have a little of that flavor. You All the investigators work together to try to figure out where he is. They can, you know, like on his turn, he will... You know, attack. The first thing he does, all the everyone has their cops on the board in different places. Not sure where he's going to pop up. There's also the uh, the women have pawns on the board, and he has to attack one of them. And then when he decides, you know, he he can sit and listen to all the cops give their plan, what they're going to do. It's supposed to go along with the theme of him hiding in the shadows, always one step ahead. And he will, you know, when when he thinks he's got enough room, he will murder one of the women. And then at that point, everyone knows where he is at on the board. And then he slips away and makes secret moves, you know, he keeps track of. And whenever the police make their their moves, they can search for clues by any of the squares connected to where they are. They can, you know, if he has been there, he has to let them know and they start laying clues down there on the board. And or they can make an arrest if they think they know where he's at. And if he makes it back to his hideout within a certain number of moves, he, that he declares that night's over, and you move on to the next night. He has special thing; he can take a carriage ride to go a couple spaces at once, or to go through where a police officer is. You know, just different tricks to the game. But he, uh, they, as the game goes on each night, he has less of those things to use. He has left less available to him. And they have had more information to figure out where his hideout is and ways to block him off. It was, there's other games like this. There was a game when I was a kid called Scotland Yard that was like this. Only, I think I've heard of that. Yeah. It was, it was the same hidden movement type thing. It was, it was good. And there's a one called Fury of Dracula out that's similar to this, but it has some fighting along with it. I'm just this, imagining the, like breaking down like the office episode with the, <laughs> Voodoo Mama Juju, <laughs> like everyone talking in accents. Yeah, when they, they were the they had the deep Southern accents. <laughs> but it's kind of a it's a really good. I liked that as ever as they're planning what they're going to do. He is just listening and can do something else. It's real funny if you if they have no idea where you are you are at, and you can show them when it's over how much smarter than them you were. <laughs> or you know, there's there's other added things to it. Getting the letters from Whitechapel, they have like little graphical, graphic, uh, cards showing the actual letters that were sent supposedly by Jack the Ripper. And this gives advantage to him that is an option to use that we didn't use, but just cause it seemed pretty fair the way it already was. But basically it's, it's a lot of fun. It's very elegant. The art is gorgeous. All these new board games are just so well done. And, and I definitely recommend it. Uh, you, uh, can find it for about thirty five bucks. It, you know, whether you think that's worth it or not, I, I, I definitely think it is. I was happy I got it in my collection. Well, so I, I will say some of these games have impressed me that you've been bringing around because there was one night you brought up that zombie game, mm-hmm. and it looked super freaking complicated. And I was like, oh, this is gonna be boring. But once you like really got into it, it, it drew you and sucked you in, and you're like, 
you felt like you're part of the narrative and yeah. And what you're doing. I'm, I'm going to talk about that game one time. And one thing I, I try to do and give a suggestion to anyone that wants to introduce games to a group or your family, you want to have something to do when you guys are all together, is learn the rules before you come. And, yeah. and, and, and so when I show up with a game, I know how to play it. And I try to find the easiest way to explain it to everyone. We usually get right into playing. Yeah. And no one wants to sit with a sheet right. of rules and be like, no, wait, yeah. what do I do? Yeah. Yeah. I like to come in there and say, here's how you do this. And I, I think Michael can say that rarely do we have to go over rules for any amount of time. We just start playing. And then and if something goes wrong, you can just make up the rules. Right. Nobody and knows you, whether yeah. it's right or not. So I win. You, you win. <laughs> I think there's only been an issue when your son's presence and they have different ideas on what the <laughs> rules are. Yeah, he, he can uh, expose me. <laughs> now, now, Jordan also has a game he wants to talk about. Yeah, I'm not much of a gamer, but I have I've played Hero Clicks a lot over the years. Click, click. Because it's it's kind of you know, gaming for dummies. It's very simple. You can pick it up in about five minutes. It's well, I little, locked them all. <laughs> yes, these little because I'm not smart enough to play Magic or D and D. I can't keep it all straight. But the hero clicks. Everything's on the dial. It's a little miniature figure, and you have you know your hit points, your speed, your attack, your defense, and your damage. And as you take damage, your dial changes. You click it around. So you know the Hulk would get madder and he'd get stronger, but everyone else. You know, maybe they'd lose some defense, but they gain some stealthiness where they would run and hide. So, you know, your characters, they're, they're very well, like, to the comics that they're based on with the power sets they all have. Almost like, like, role-playing video games like, uh, Final Fantasy and things like that. Yeah, so, yeah, move, turn by turn, move by move. Uh, but it can get very complicated. I've played with people who take it very seriously and there are, well, this rule negates that rule. So you, you can pick it up in five minutes, but it's not a game you're going to master anytime soon because there are so many. And every new set that comes out, they introduce some new rule that trumps some previous rule. So I just wanted to bring up, they they finally released the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles version, which fans have been asking for for years. And they, everything's compatible with everything else. Every set they've ever put out, you can play against each other. Marvel, DC, they've done a few of the indie ones. They, they, they've done... Several different versions, but people didn't have the Star Trek and Star Wars. They've done, they don't have a Star Wars license, but they've done Star Trek with like some of the ships and stuff. But, uh, yeah, so they released the Turtles as these, a single figure booster pack. So for $2.99, you get a, a figure and a package. You don't know what you're getting. But there's also a starter set that was $24.99, and it gives you all four Turtles. If you, you can use them as normal, or there's a couple mini games included with it. And the one, the cooperative defense game, which I'm sure if you're a real gamer, you know what that means, but I don't. Um, so <laughs> one, one side of the map is like the turtle's lair, and Splinter starts in the middle, and each player gets a turtle, and then every turn, more mousers start showing up. So at the end of each turn, you spawn new mousers from different tunnels, and you have to protect Splinter for a certain number of rounds. Uh, and then there's. And a, if you don't know what a mouser is, you're not a true Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle fan. Yeah, who are you? Then the other side of the map is Rescue April, called a cooperative exploration and combat game. So you have to search the sewer and find these tunnels. And when you uncover a tunnel, you add a new piece to the map. And then you might find the Rat King and the rats will run at you or more mousers will attack you. And then April's working at the computer to try and shut down the portals that let the mousers in. So it's it's it was fun. I played it with my nephews uh, last weekend. And so they're... And for the people out there, how old are your nephews? 
uh, my uh, f- fifth and wow, second. I didn't mean to put you on the spot there, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> we just had a birthday, so I'm trying to remember. But fifth grade and second grade, so they're not going to pick up all the nuances of well, I have super senses, and that can so I can you know. There's a lot of real complicated stuff, but these it says ages 14 and up, but the the simpler starter set games, you know, if you hit the mouser, they die. It, it was it was really simple. They could pick it up real simple because. My nephews have been watching my brother and I play this game for years, and they've always wanted to learn because you know, the little miniatures look so cool. And I've always told them, you know, you gotta get really good at math because you gotta roll dice and add a bunch of numbers real quick. So I'd like to think maybe that <laughs> helped him in school trying to, you know, become a better math, uh, better mathlete to join us. I doubt that had anything to do with it. But. <laughs> so yeah, they picked it up pretty simply, and we had a good time playing it. So I, I definitely recommend it. And where can they get that? Well, WizKids didn't send me enough, so oh. I'm out of them. <laughs> so go to a better gaming store than Asylum. Because so, WizKids allocated, they didn't make enough, so I didn't get all the ones I ordered. So it's not something you can reorder at the moment. I've got the figures. I've got the booster packs. Yeah, so if you want the start. figures, you can definitely get them. And I've been opening those suckers up. I'm trying to get a full set, and I can't quite find all the ones I need. <laughs> By the way, the name of the uh, board game, Michael Scott, brings out on the on that episode is bells bourbon and bullets and i don't know the rules except for whatever you say i'm pretty sure you have to start out with i declare i declare oh, well it's like what was it on parks and rec uh, cones of dunshire <laughs> <laughs> all right gaming we did it yeah yay only four episodes well i have had a very Eventful evening with you gentlemen. It is time that I must say I bid adieu. But as always, I am the one, the only, the illustrious Michael K. Easton. Michael just spoke French, you guys. Oh, <laughs> I think we better leave. <laughs> I'm Jordan Lowe. I'm Cliff Barnes. I'm apparently the double dipper. Two scoops. <laughs> two scoops. That's two scoops. Get it right. <laughs> You're my boy, two scoops. <laughs> For life. Thank <laughs> you.